Hey, this is Careful, you're listening to the archives. Got a little exclusive track for you, which is the first time you'll ever hear it. It's being released around July time this year. This is Canoe. of the archives and today I'm extremely stoked because we have a London based producer called Kerful of which I'm a big fan of his music I'm gonna be asking him a lot of questions he's gonna be giving us a lot of background on his stuff he's also gonna give us a couple of exclusives to listen to which I'm equally excited to play for you guys the first section of the show you heard an exclusive track that Careful sent me and it's called Canoe which I'm sure 
you'll agree is pretty spectacular. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Careful to the show. My name is uh, Jude, I'm from London, I go by the artist's name of Careful. Um, kind of been heavily affiliated with the sort of emerging wave scene, this, uh, this sort of um, had a bit of interest within like a, uh, the underground London music scene lately. Uh, it's like one of those fairly new genres that's uh, just sort of starting to get into the clubs. Um, you know, it's kind of started on the sort of like uh, website SoundCloud. And um, after, I know, getting a bit of like attention from some of the more like um, well-known London-based DJs in uh, other sort of uh, underground dance scenes, um, just just you know, just started to sort of really grow up a little bit really, started to get a little bit more serious. Uh, a lot of the artists now are starting to group up together and starting to realise they're all a part of something a little bit bigger and yeah. uh, you know, we started getting booked more. Um, you know, I've, I've been having about four or five bookings a month now, um, which, you know, from a point where I was playing maybe once every like six months or something. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, progressed quite a lot yeah, now. Oh yeah, it's just really, really, really progressed lately. Yeah, well, that's that, that's actually quite cool, man. Um, after chatting to you last night for a wee bit, though, like you 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 mentioned that you went through several transformations to get the sound that you've got now. Um, do you want to just drift me through swiftly um, to how you got that, like to where you are right now? Yeah, sure, no problem. Well, uh, I come from a um, sort of fairly musical background, really. Uh, my, my parents don't play any instruments, but always been uh, really into their sort of like underground music-ish, uh, you know, listening to a lot of like indie and, and like a sort of like psychedelic rock and you know, you name it really, a bit of grunge. When I was growing up, I uh, like from a really young age, uh, there was a point where I, I lived at like my, uh, my nan's house and uh, my, my uncle, who was uh, probably around like 25, 26 at the time, um, was always playing records to me. Um, you know, he was he was in bands and he played guitar. And, you know, from a very early age, I was sort of introduced to like uh, music. Um, it wasn't really something I got necessarily involved in until I, I was about uh, 13, 14. I started to, you know, get into music a little bit more heavily and actually like actively listening to it. It's kind of funny because when I was much younger, um, I always said I hated music. Um, this wasn't for me. Obviously, at that young age, you're only, you know, the only music you hear is whatever's on the radio. And it yeah. wasn't really my sort of vibe at the time. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, when I was like sort of like a, you know, young teenager, I guess, um, you know, started getting into a bit of like uh, rock and metal and then eventually ended up learning the guitar. I kind of like uh, played around with the piano for years because my house always had a piano and I was always into like making little tunes, but you know, nothing, nothing serious at all. It was just more like playing with the sort of sounds on this sort of electric piano. Um, yeah, man, like, uh, yeah, I, I, was in, I was in a lot of bands. Um, eventually, it was, it was that sort of period where everyone was into like, uh, you know, metalcore and, and screamo and stuff. And I was in like a few like uh, screamo bands. Uh, never really got serious, never had any gigs, you know. Um, I always found like uh, it was it was really, really hard um, to sort of get together. Mm -hmm. and uh, find the time to practice and write music at such a young age of all the distractions of like you know school and 
and whatnot. So I sort of like left music alone a little bit and sort of like lost faith in myself with music really. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of like entered college and sort of started getting into more like dance music that, um, uh, and through meeting like a few other friends that were producers and DJs sort of got into like uh, DJing and then uh, eventually um, producing as well. You know? So um, interesting really, because um, I was into like uh, a lot of like underground dance music, most probably dubstep, bit of drum bass and, and whatnot. And uh, it got to a point where I started hearing like a, a little bit of like a trap music when I was probably around like 18. And um, yeah, that was, you know, eyes such as like Miramasa, Tonight, uh, Patronada, and you know, it was such an interesting sound, but it seemed like it was almost gone before it even started. And, and trap sort of became pretty mainstream and uh, I sort of lost interest into it. But then I started hearing like uh, little bits on SoundCloud through like uh, websites like Tumblr that I was using at the time for like college. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started, you know, I started hearing this really interesting music and started thinking, where can I hear more? And obviously there wasn't any more at the time. There was only like about four or five that I could it. So I just thought, well, you know, if I can't find it to play it out live, I might as well just start making it. And, you know, obviously you progress and, and I find like, and with me personally, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of other producers, you try to make a certain type of music, you can't make it enough and then you end up just making something new just by accident exactly yeah because i remember hearing an interview with benga recently actually and he had the same kind of opinion where um you know he couldn't find the music he wanted to play so he ended up making it himself so i mean you know that that's already been done but i mean what you're doing right now is you know or then you know you couldn't find the music that you wanted so you started you know, developing your own unique sound, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, I feel like my music really, um, going back to your original question, it, it's just a combination of all my favourite styles of music, man. It's, it's got this sort of like the melodic sort of feel of like metal music in a way, mm -hmm. like a, if you really look deep into it. Um, and then it's kind of got that sort of like psychedelic rock, sort of dreamy, like shoegazy feel that I was into at sort of like 16. Mm -hmm. And then it's got the sort of like the elements of like the dubstep music that I just love so much, like the sort of minimal, more like uh, AC, you know, like sub heavy side of it. And then, of course, the trap influence. I mean, that's just pretty apparent. But that just comes with whatever you're listening to, man. I feel like if you listen to certain stuff, you end up just sort of developing something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I noticed you mentioned your sub. Um, I've been listening to you for a while, man. I'm gonna be honest, um, and I've been, you know, just kind of in the in the in the back room, just listening to it. But what always appealed to me about your tracks was the heavy melodic stuff, but those burial esque vocals that you've got just in and out, <laughs> and, and it's they're kind of like telling their own story, which is yeah. quite which is quite unique. And yeah. I, I'm a sucker for that. Um, I've always been. Um, so yeah, that's that's really neat. It's funny that you mentioned the vocals, that is probably like my most asked question on the social media, man. People are always asking me like, where's, what's, what's the sample? Where'd you get it from? Like, where are you finding all these vocals? I don't understand. I can't find them like that, man. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people on SoundCloud, you know, they, they use like acapellas from like mainstream music and stuff, man. I don't do that. Like, uh, it, it's literally even yesterday I was asked so often about it. And uh, let me just sort of clear it up. Like, <laughs> the vocals I use, don't sound like that when I get my hands on them, man. Like, 
I, I go on like, you know, those websites where you can just get free acapellas and they sound like crap. They're not recorded properly. They're out of tune. You know, they're, they're horrible. They're cheesy. They'll be like, might have a bit of reverb on them already. There's nowhere near perfect at all. And then I, I, what I do is I just, I just, I just um, put them in like sort of like tempo with the beat, mm -hmm. cut them up, find like all the sort of notes that are in key. And then I literally just cut them together, and a lot of the time as well, I reverse them. And and uh, a lot of the time in my in my music, like there won't be any lyrics; it will just be sound. I mean, if you want to get deep with it and talk about like you know what it means to me or whatever, like uh, absolutely. The, the sort of the idea is, I, I never really wanted lyrics on my music, man, and not not unless I'm actually working with a singer or, or a vocalist or whatever, mm -hmm. um, because I find like. I might love a track, like, you know, melodically and musically, I love it, but the lyrics just don't appeal to me. It might be about whatever, yeah? I sort of tune out and, mm -hmm. or, you know, and I find it's kind of selective, like, you look for in music what appeals to you, but I thought, well, what if, you know, there's no lyric? What if it's just a sound? And this is a concept, I, I, I actually remember, you know, I was probably about eight, and I was in the car with my mum, and I was, like, singing along to the radio, and I was like, why is there lyrics? Like, what's the point? Like, surely it won't appeal to people. Why can't there just be, like, people just singing beautiful sounds? Man, that's very neat. And uh, thanks for clearing that up, actually. I'm sure a lot of people are, are going to be definitely intrigued by that. So just quickly, man, I'm just going to go back to, you know, when you were saying that you couldn't find the stuff that you wanted to, to make or listen to, really. Um, like you talked about last night when we had our couple of hours discussion. Um, you talked about that you would go into clubs and stuff and underground venues when you were like 16. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what was that, what was the scene then that you enjoyed the most, you know, and, and how did that really appeal to you? <laughs> well, this must have been like, wow, 2010. So when I was 16, um, is that right? Yeah, it must yeah. be, God, wow. Okay, so about <laughs> 2010, yeah. Um, and you know, when I just—it's funny because when I just got into dance music was when like it was kind of at its worst, <laughs> really. Like yeah. at the time, it was like when the sort of mainstream dubstep had just absolutely dominated the charts, and everyone was listening to it. You know, everyone was talking about dubstep. All my friends or people I knew were always playing dubstep, listening to dubstep, talking about dubstep. YouTube was just like dubstep tube at the minute. You know, yeah. <laughs> like uh, it was so much of it, it was like heavily saturated. You know, and. Um, yeah, like, uh, so, like, when I was 16, we, you know, we weren't old enough to, you know, go drinking or whatever in, in in the UK. So, like, we were just hitting up, like, 16-plus venues, man. And there was one we went to, and I think it had, like, Net Sky, the liquid drum bass guy there. And it had uh, Borgor there. And, you know, all these, you know, fairly mainstream commercial dance acts, right? And uh, we went there for them, and, you know, we enjoyed it. But then there was, like, a room, too, upstairs. And I don't know how. Looking back, I don't know if this guy was booked you know purposely or it's just like just you know going a bit rogue but he was not playing mainstream dance music at all man he was he was like you know banging out vinyl if i remember it and it was like proper old school dubstep and ever heard anything like it at the time man it, it was everything i was looking for in music it was everything it had the hip-hop influence it had the sort of like rock influence in a weird way and you know it was so minimal and dark and like gothic in like a way and it kind of kind of appealed to like the inner like metal head in me or at the time or whatever and i i just was instantly hooked man and it wasn't until like a couple of months after till i started like talking to people you know trying to ask what the hell i was even hearing when i actually realized that that was like the original dubstep sound from like you know 2004 or whatever and and i just got like 
well into it and I was like as soon as I turned 18 I was hitting up every event I could possibly find man and and you know like collecting like my a strong like library of it really now, would you say when you were doing that uh, searching for your library, your sign, just kind of, because at that time you weren't really heavily uh, into it at that point for production-wise, correct? Nah, I'm more of a DJ, really. It's so you're, you're, you're basically just out looking, you know, you're uh, trying to emulate, because everybody tries to emulate. I noticed that like, when you try to emulate, you, like as we've discussed earlier on, that you, 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 by accident you end up creating something new. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it, I was trying to make dubstep, but I realised, you know, I was, I was about eight years behind, man. These guys was, you know, they've been producing for 10 plus years, and uh, there's no way I was ever going to be able to make the stuff they were making, man. Because I've always saved people, like, you know, try not to emulate people, man. Because by the time, you know, after a year or whatever, by the time you worked out how they do what they do, man, they've progressed, and they're doing something completely new, so... I've noticed that the originality is with the person that's making it, you know, no matter, I've always been advised to just make whatever comes to you and that's it, you know, and and, and that's kind of, and that's kind of cool to listen to, man. I mean, I was trying to make, uh, when trap came around, I was trying to make trap, but I just didn't have the samples for it, man. You know, you know when you first start out, you just don't know what you're doing, and yeah. you listen to people's music, and you think, how are they doing that? Like, what are they yeah. doing that I don't And yeah. a lot of it, I realise, is just the samples. Like, if you've got the right drum samples, or you've got the right plugins to make the samples sound better, the rest just comes together. When you're using, like, you know, the, the most overused samples that you can find on the net, like, if I type in trap or whatever, yeah, the worst ones come up. Downloading the two of those and thinking, right, that's it, that's my library. I like to hear what really appealed to you then and how that's helped sculpture you. Um, was there anybody in particular who guided and influenced you the most and kind of helped encourage you on your way? I mean, in the, in the music world, nah, not really. Like, not at the first anyway. Like, I guess my mum has always been a, you know, hugely supportive. Like, she's she's a creative herself. You know, she writes mm -hmm. like a plays and, and, and bits like that man so she always like was really interested in what I was doing and was always supporting what I was doing like which is obviously a big help man because a lot of people don't have that but I mean in musically I was just sort of like doing what I was doing I think at this point I sort of like regressed a little bit and was like well I can't make dance music I suck I'm gonna make hip-hop it's a little bit more lo-fi you can get away with it being simple you know stuff like Lil Ugly Mane and whatever um, and then I feel like the first person that ever really recognised me was uh, a sort of like uh, Beats producer from London, a guy called uh, Dre the Schema. Mm -hmm. He was like, I think at this time I had about 200 SoundCloud followers. He had like, I think like 4,000 or something at the time. And, and he hit me up out of nowhere. And then he was like, let's make a track, man. And after that, like uh, we made a track and I think it got like 20,000 views at a time. And, and we was like, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like this guy's like, you know, so big and, and whatever. And he's, he's helped me out. And he influenced me for a long time, man. But then like, you know, as you get busier and life gets in the way, you just lose contact. And he sort of like carried on with the beats and I sort of started to go a little bit more electronic. I mean, obviously it's people that come along and we've become friends and obviously everyone in your life will influence you, you know, even if they don't know it, even even your enemies might influence you, you know, without them knowing it. I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's, not, there's never been a time where someone's been in my house teaching me how to make the music, man. It's, it's all been like 100% like just looking up tutorials or, or honestly just like little little accidents really, man. I swear like half the stuff I do probably isn't even the right thing to do technically anyway. I'm, your engineer would laugh, you know. The archives. Hey, this is careful, and uh, you're listening to my character, Darker Waters. Hope you enjoy.
I noticed on your Facebook there, um, on your SoundCloud, man, like it's staggering. Um, you're up to thirteen, almost fourteen thousand followers right now. Uh, I think, I think, I think it's actually a little bit more than that. SoundCloud for like last couple of weeks, my followers have been frozen, man. I, I think I'm probably more like near on fourteen now. That's uh, crazy, it's, it's man. Some, it's some weird, some weird update going on. That that's crazy, man. And just you know, congratulations. Um, <laughs> and I I know that um, you've just hit over a million views. That is staggering, yeah. man. That is yeah, phenomenal. It's quite Quite mad to think. I mean, a year ago, I think it only had about ten thousand followers on SoundCloud. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. No, it's it's um, crazy, man. But I noticed now. I noticed that Wavepool, um, the oh, yeah. the uh, I want to say the podcast that Plastician has done for you, and and you've had three tracks on there, and it's been a yeah. it's been a huge help to achieve some of the spotlight. So how how much of an impact? has that had on you like recognition wise well since um you know djs such as like plastician rinse fm is like taking interest in this sort of like soundcloud beat scene or, or wave scene he sort of like named it um mm-hmm. things have really just got interesting man because i mean it's not like you know even though i've only been like i'd say like big for, like you know like six months or whatever yeah or big in the scene mm-hmm. six months or whatever yeah I've been following it since the very, very beginning, like before anyone was anyone, really. Yeah. Uh, like, so four years ago. And um, and I always loved it, man. And I always showed it to all my friends who DJ and was like, yeah, check this. This is going to be the next big thing. And they was always like, I, I just don't like it yet, man. But obviously, you know, in, in time, the producers got better and it, it's progressed and it's, it's got a little, you know, a little bit more, I'm going to say, like, professional, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and since then, man, it's, it's, it's gone mad. Like, you know, you've got, like, Plastician now plays, like, I think, like, pretty much on these every week, the Rinse of Every Show plays pretty much 60, 70% of this style of music now, which is, you know, so surreal. And especially the fact that he plays my music is mad as well. Cause, you know what, I'll be honest, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed following it. Um, I did quite a lot of, of extensive research into it last night. And you know what? Um, Plastician made me smile because, you know, he pretty much, you know, put his foot down and said, look, guys, you know, this stuff doesn't get played late on in the night. It's the early start of the night, but it's really popular. And the guys that are making it are really, really good. Um, You know, and I agree with a lot about what he says about the scene and stuff. Um, You know, so how does that make you feel known um, that you're being referred to because I, I read I read some articles actually and you're being referred to as the, the kind of poster child um, <laughs> you know that must be really yeah. special yeah complex said I was uh, the poster child of wave and uh, sort of tied it to the fact that I had like three tracks in the musicians mix and stuff I guess like we're both from London as well and like uh, I'm like, one of the very few people in the scene that actually are from London because it's a massively international scene yeah um, oh yeah how did it make me feel it uh, well, one of two ways. I mean, one, you know, it's great to have like recognition as an artist, obviously. Um, but I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a humble guy, really. Yeah, it's mad. I remember when I, I posted that article actually, and uh, there was actually a few people in, in the comments like, uh, I mean, like, what poster child? Like, I don't know if they so much agreed. Maybe, maybe it was a bit of jealousy or whatever. But back to what you were saying earlier about uh, what Plastician was saying about the music. Um, being like early doors sort of music you know like mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, I do get play, uh, booked a lot early, man. But I've played some gigs at like peak time as well, and and absolutely smashed it. Like, because I mean, like you got to remember, like just because I make fairly like chill music doesn't mean like I necessarily play that sort of stuff out. You know, as a DJ, I'm I'm always going to play for the crowd, man. And like, I, I do, there's ways out there that absolutely bangs harder than most dubstep tracks. You know, like UK dubstep tracks. Yeah. You know, and there's bits that are like, you know, you, you couldn't play, you know, unless it was like six in the morning or something. But, yeah. <laughs> um, the Blue Room music, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so again, that's that's awesome, man. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, the likes of Plastician is kind of boasting and egging you on and kind of you know putting you at the the center of this new wave movement. Um, I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty spectacular in itself. So again, yeah. you know, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I've, I've got to say, like, uh, you know, a lot of how my life has changed in the last like few months is definitely has a you know Plastician has definitely contributed to that. I mean, I've played one show with him with like uh, you know a load of artists I really like and obviously he's an artist I've liked for a long time and I'm playing the number one on uh, the 24th uh, he, and these are all his nights as well they're the ones that he puts together and uh, that's yeah. E-Money and like uh, a load of like other big packs man so like um, it's mad to see and also like I mean the amount of times he's like played me on Rinse and stuff like there's definitely been like other really big UK upset producers that I've listened to for years have like started to hit me up I mean, most notably, uh, an artist called Compa, who, like, I remember when I first heard him from, like, a YouTube rip before he ever blew up. And I was like, wow, this guy is sick. And then yeah. I remember he had that track, um, Demo Talk. And when that was released, he just went big in the dubstep scene. It was all about Compa and he was everywhere and everyone was feeling his stuff and everyone was talking about him. I think he even won, like, best dubstep remix of the year on, like, some big UK dubstep blog. Um, like dubstep forum or whatever, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I've been chatting to him about it, man. And you know, he's been, he's been giving me a little bit of advice, and it's mad to think that he like asked me to like send him my music, you know, like yeah, it's uh, kind of it's kind of shocking in a, in a, in a yeah. sense that that's somebody that you want to thought, wow, their music's amazing too. Yeah. Wow, yeah. they want to hear me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the most surreal part of it is that you slowly realise that all these people that you've idolised and looked up to for so long, like, just normal people probably not even that old not even that much older myself you know probably not even doing music full time just you know just having fun playing out here and there man. yes yeah yeah, and, yeah but then maybe maybe that's me thinking oh wow it's just like me but then maybe i'm being too humble thinking oh hang on a sec maybe i am getting to that level now where maybe there is people talking about me i mean it's so easy isn't it because like you see people blow up and you think wow imagine what their life's like and then you forget that you know it's all just on the internet these days I feel like a lot of people follow, you know, you need, sometimes you need someone, you know, like, I've, I mean, I've, you know, a lot of us have been playing out this music for a long time and probably a lot of people have heard it, you know, or bits like it before, but, you know, I feel like people are a little bit, you know, cheapy sometimes, man. You, you do need that, like, you know, these big strong figures to come along and go, actually, this is pretty cool. And then everyone goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's they follow the crowd then, right? Yeah. Well, I just want to quickly move on to some other questions for you. What kind of gear do you use to produce your music, and what can you not live without? Um, pretty basic stuff. I mean, I'll probably I'll use the example of like my old setup since I've definitely made more all my music on that rather than my new setup that I just got. Yeah. Um, but I use I just use regular sort of like speakers. Not they're not studio monitors. They're just from the local shop. They're just loud enough to basically hear bass. And I've, I've used them so long, I, just, I guess I just know them really well. Um, I was using a pretty 
pretty crappy PC that was about six, seven years old. Um, it was a desktop, um, so it was a little bit more powerful than like maybe your standard laptop, but maybe not even as powerful as like the more newer laptops. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was using an old version of FL Studio. I think it was FL Studio 10. Um, and that, that was it, a MIDI keyboard. That's it, really. I've, I've, not, I've not got any controllers. I've not got any hardware. Like, just, just PSTs, really, man. Um, I mean, I guess the only equipment that I have got is pretty decent. It's like my decks. I've got a pair of like Pioneer CDJs uh, 900s, which I've used pretty much every day, man. Just to practice DJing, yeah. really. And, I mean, I would say it was weird because I was always more of a DJ than a producer. Like, I, I was a DJ that played dance music, but I made a bit of hip hop. And now recently, there's a lot more people that know me now as a producer. Um, but I'd say in UK, I'm probably bigger as a DJ, man. Yeah, you know, you know what? Touch upon the, you know, you were a DJ first and then quickly, you know, that helps you develop, become a producer because then you start learning what a drop is, what the break consists of, you know, what you're going to introduce the song with. Um, I was kind of different in the sense where I, I flipped it. I kind of produced first and that, that kind of helped me DJ in a sense where, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, with, is there any kind of advice that you would give to, you know, like new producers or new DJs um, out there? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess what I did, man, is just, just do something new. Like, so there's so many people out there that listen to these artists and go, wow, I, I want to be just like them. And you know, they'll, they'll try and make their music, and obviously you can't because you're not them. You know, you don't have their yeah. influence, you don't have their their software, you don't have their kits or whatever they've got, their samples, their experience, their technical knowledge or whatever. Um, just do you, man. Just just make original music constantly. If you try to make, say, I tried to make a dubstep track, yeah, like I did. I'll show it to a dubstep fan, and he'd go, "Oh, it's good, it's not as good as this, yeah." If I make a new genre and show it to someone, they'll go, what is this? And you know what I mean? There's nothing to compare it to. No one knows if it's technically right or wrong. There's music out there that has mistakes in it purposely. You know, like grime, yeah. like the, the early grime scene was just like, it's full of mistakes. And you know, I, I still play out tunes to this day that were made on PS2. I feel like there's so many people out there that they start making music, they start getting a little bit of fans, a little bit of like social media recognition, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and they just think they're just in Hollywood, man. They think they're up there with Skrillex. Like, you know, yeah. there's people that are smaller than me that I message and they and they don't reply, man. And it's the funny thing is, a lot of the time it is, it's just me going, hey, can you send me, have you got anything I can play on the radio? Like, I noticed you haven't got anything like necessarily properly released. Like, I want to support your music. Yeah. A lot of them just don't reply. It's weird, I think, I mean. That's, that's kind of crazy, it, man. It doesn't matter if you're like, you know, Skrillex or like a guy just starting out. If someone hit me up and said, "Yo, I'm gonna be playing on the radio. Wondering if you've got anything I could play." Yeah, mate, I'm there, man. Because you never know. You know, you might there might be five people listening to that radio, yeah, but they might like one of those people might like that one tune you played, and they might go out and they might go buy your album or or or, or become like a your number one fan. You know, just we're all just human. Just be you. Like you're not better than anyone. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I don't think anyone's really better than me. Just. No, that's pretty sound advice, man. I mean, Stan Humble is part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one more little quick thing I'm going to say, advice that I even need to take. Um, I listen to so much music, man, and some of it is made by guys that have been producing for like 15 years, and they spend like, you know, a month on a track or something, and it's like, technically, you know what I mean? It's like, how did you make that? Like, you probably spent a day on that bass line, you know? 
and it's like I listen to it and I think, wow, my music's so crap compared to these guys. Like, what's the point? I'm never gonna make it. Yeah. And then I think, like, hang on a sec, you know, and it's funny, it's, it's from talking to people that don't produce, that taught me that it's not, a, you know, like, my friends might show me a track and it's, like, mixed so badly. It's, like, you know, made so badly, whatever, it's, like, you know, they're obviously just starting out. Yeah. The vibe's there, man. For me, you know, music's about a vibe. And, and like, you know, as, as long as it's, like, you know, mixed okay. But then again, it, the fact it might not be mixed properly might be the reason it's good. Like, as I said earlier about how, like, you know, with this city, when I tried to make it again, and the mistakes made it, man. Sometimes, you know, things don't have to be perfect. I think there's definitely always beauty and imperfections, man. I mean, look at Burial, for example, you know? Pretty sound advice, man. I have that mental battle myself where I'm like, you know, I listen to professionally mixed stuff that's been worked on, you know, it's like one track every two months, and I'm comparing mine to it. I'm like, oh my God, I should just pack up and stop what I'm doing. Um, but then I get that little bit of encouragement for people that don't produce music, they just listen to it. Um, and they say, you know, wow, this sounds so professional, but I don't think so because I'm comparing it to, you know, what you said, you know, the tracks that have been produced by someone that's been mixing and mastering and producing yeah. for 15, 20 years, you yeah. know, as opposed to eight or nine. So, I mean, I definitely feel that there's room to grow for everybody. Um, oh, yeah, I, I feel like it's, one of those, it's like, you know, in Star Wars where, you know, it's like, there's always a bigger fish though. Like, I bet even the best engineers in the world are looking at that one that's a little bit better. Oh, what the hell? Like, why can't I get my mixes like this guy? What the hell is he doing, man? Yeah, it's always from that level. You know, when I was just starting out, I was looking at the guys that could barely produce and thinking, wow, how the hell do they do that? Like, so, you know, there's people that look at me and think, there's so many people that message me and go, oh, how do you get your mixes so clean? How do you do this? How do you do that? And then there's people I, I talk to and go, what the hell are you doing? You know, it's just one of those funny ones. Um, so what's next for Curfall? Like, is there any future plans? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Um, as I said earlier, I just got a new PC because my last one died and I'm back to making um, a track a day, um, which is sort of like the mentality and workflow I had in the summer when I was like, really on my grind uh, i got pretty lazy um you know lead up to my album you know talking about uh with PlayStation about maybe uh you know releasing something in the future um there's another label i, I do a lot of shows with and i'm pretty associated with uh, called astral black sort of like a wavy hip-hop um and like grime based like uh london and glasgow based label labels run by a guy called um John Phonics, who I'm, I'm pretty good mates with, I a lot of shows with. Uh, I think we're going to be releasing a, a cassette with them. Obviously, my group Wave Mob, they're always talking about doing a lot of stuff. Probably like eventually doing like some shows here in London as Wave Mob. Probably release another tape at some point. We just released uh, one uh, a few days ago called um, Wave Volume One, which you can listen to on SoundCloud. It's like a compilation with artists such as me, Skit, Climax, etc. Uh, yeah, always, always in talks, man. You know, there's always big channels asking for exclusives. You know, like um, there's always, there's always a label out there. When you first start out, like uh, you're thinking, ah, oh, I wish this tiny label would like notice me. And then eventually, you get big enough to a point where it's like you're fighting them off. <laughs> where it's like yeah. you're really big, but I'm doing something with this guy who's like even bigger. So I'm gonna have to just pick them. Um, okay, so great, man. That's it's really good to hear that you've got something set up, and it's good to see that you're going to be going back to your original workflow where you've been grinding every single day to produce something new every day. Actually, is 
Is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out to? I loads of people, man. I mean, I just shout out to my friends, really. Number one at the minute would be uh, my friend Philip, who goes by the name as DVRL uh, or Carl. I, I believe it's his uh, middle name. He's from Sweden. I, I believe it's pretty pronounced like Cole. But um, yeah, TVRL. I don't know how the hell this guy is releasing hit after hit right now. <laughs> it, it's music. It's like what I might make every like. No, one in ten tracks or something, you know, it might be good. Every track he makes. I'm, I'm playing a show with him actually, he's flying over from Sweden to play a show with us in London, uh, which is going to be the first time I ever meet him. Um, that's big, man. We're, we're all looking forward to that. Me and all my friends obviously well into him. Other producers, man, uh, I've got to say, my friend uh, Mist, absolutely killing it right now as well. Um, he makes like Future Garage sort of stuff. And he also makes um, like uh, grime. Doesn't matter what he's making, man. It's, it's just phenomenal every time. He's, he's got. He recently got a track on uh, Mr. Suicide Cheat, which I think was like his first one he ever got on there. You know, he's starting to get a little bit bigger, man. He, he definitely needs a lot more recognition. Definitely go check him out. Um, yeah, I think the track he got on Mr. Suicide Cheat is probably my favourite. Um, I've got a load of his grime bits though that he sent me, like unreleased bits to play out live and that there. Yeah. Bang in as well, man. People always come up to me ask me what the track is and I'm always I'm like oh, it's unreleased it's unreleased but yeah like that one track he, I can't remember it's called it's a remix the best Future Garage track I've heard in so long it's got this like sort of ambient lead in it and it's just like one of those you know those ones where the lead just pierces your soul it's so emotional and it's like every time you hear it you just want to tear up yeah definitely them two at the minute to be honest like pretty much like this too so. So I just want to say a big thank you to Careful for being part of uh, the second series of The Archives. Thanks, man. You've just been tuned in The Archives. Hey, this is Careful. You're listening to The Archives. The Archives.
careful with lost. Oh, you're tuned into the ego. 